This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 16 and God is going to give them, he's going to give them food. They've asked for it. He's going to provide it. And it's interesting as you study it and as we look at it, how they react to it, because the truth is they don't really know what's going on. They don't know what's happening. And as young Christians are apt to do, they don't understand and they have a lot of questions and those questions need to be answered. Those questions need to be dealt with. And we're going to deal with them. And, and it's, it is the culmination of God's plan. God wants to reveal himself to his people. That is a key understanding in scripture. God is in the business of revealing himself to his people. And when the people ask, when the people seek him out, he does reveal himself. He says it in his word, if you, if you seek me, you'll find me, but you got to seek me with your whole heart. Meaning you got to, this has got, this is not just a passing fancy. I want to, I want you to be involved completely with me. And verse six is verse nine. It says, then Moses spoke to Aaron saying to all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Notice, God hears us. God is always in the business of hearing us. And so if you if you bring your complaints to him, if you bring your issues to him, he's listening. And a lot of believers, as they're young, they're fearful of God, and that's a good place to be. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, as Pastor Terry said even last night, but read from Proverbs last night. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And there is reason to be fearful of him, recognizing that he is everything and we're really almost nothing. And our relationship with him is based off of his desire for us, not based off of our ability to attain to him in any way or to reach him in any way. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of seeing the world from God's from God's accurate and exceptional point of view. And so we have to see him that way. But if we once we see him that way, we realize that he is he's really desiring to be actively involved in what's going on with you. He wants to be involved in your life. He is he has got a natural, it is a part of his very nature itself. He his nature is to desire relationship with that which he made. And he says, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. <clears throat> wow. God has heard your issues. He knows your heart. He desires to know. He says, now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the clouds. God's Shekinah glory, it's, his, it's the glory that shows that he's God. It's the revelation, the full revelation of him 
in the wilderness. It's not the revelation of him in Jesus Christ, but it's really the best that they get or the best that they can understand. It appears to them. God's saying, I am here. I'm here with you in the wilderness. This experience that you're dealing with, it's, it's an experience that is going to work itself out. You're going to learn of me, and I want you to see who I really am. And so for the first time, they really actually see the full glory of the Lord. They've seen him in the pillar of fire that kept the Egyptians back. They've seen him in the cloud that led them across the Red Sea. They've seen him, glimpses of him in different situations. Now he is fully revealing himself. And by the way, when God feeds us in his word, that is what he's doing. And so when I said earlier that he's revealing his full revelation, this is a picture of that. The full revelation of God is Jesus Christ himself. He is the complete revelation of God. <clears throat> and this is a picture of God feeding his people. And remember, Jesus is the bread of life. He is our spiritual nourishment. To know him, to understand him, to be have him revealed to us, that's spiritual nourishment. That's spiritual truth. And he, when he reveals himself in the wilderness in his glory, he is giving us a picture of what ultimately he's going to do in his full glory, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in in, in the flesh is the full glory of God in our presence in the physical world that we live in. And he says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I've heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now, there's a couple things I want you to notice from this because it's uh, it's important. Oftentimes for new believers, it's hard to hear from God yourself. You need someone to tell you, teach you, show you. We talked about that earlier this week. We see it here. God's telling Moses to tell the people. But the whole point of this experience in the wilderness ultimately is for him to lead them to Mount, Mount Sinai and for them to go up on the mountaintop and to experience him themselves. Now, they're not going to do that, and that's going to be a problem, and that's going to be a problem for a long time, and it's a picture of people always wanting somebody else to go to God for them, for there to be an intermediary between them and God that's not Jesus. That That is a, it's a recipe for disaster historically in the church. It's always been a recipe for disaster, and it is today, but it is the natural place of man when he's sinful and he's trying to deal with God, they generally want someone else to speak to God on their behalf. They want to hear from someone else rather than God directly. And that is a, it's a condition that I've seen all too often in the ministry. No people don't want to go to God when they first have a relationship with him. They don't want to go to him on their own. They want you to help them go to him. And there's nothing wrong with that. There has to be some teaching. There has to be some relationship building. And the truth is somebody has to tell you who he is. And that 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 truth can't be avoided and can't be gotten away from as you're going through your walk with God. And it's just one of those things. Now, I always want to move new believers. I always want to move people closer to God themselves. There's a lot of reasons for it because I know God wants to be close to them and 
I don't want to be in the way. And let me tell you something. I have been in the way in my past. I've been too much in the way and too much the focal point. And and if you if you're in the congregation that we're in right now, or you're in you've been under my leadership in the past, you may have seen me be, begin to move away from that. It is it's a key learning experience I've had as a pastor to just to not not be the focal point of all that's going on. I think that is I think that is critical for the growth of God's people and God and critical for the growth of the church. I don't have to be have my hand in everything and I don't have to be in charge of everything and I don't have to make all the decisions. And uh, and now the truth is that I do have a, a strong sense of leadership and I do I do have I guess just a big personality and I reckon that's what it is. But the truth is for God's people to really grow there has to be there has to be a multitude of leaders and a multitude of people serving God as he's leading them. And it's going to be hard for him to lead you if I'm always standing in the way. You need to figure out what God's got for you to do and get to doing it. And I'll always have to have my okay or my stamp of approval. If I think something's going awry, I'll tell you. And if you would like some advice, sure, come get it. But go figure out what God has for you, and we're going to help you do it. If you need some help, we'd sure love to help you with it. But uh, Pastor Terry and myself would love to see you get out there and get busy doing the work that God has for us and has for you individually. And getting out of the way is an important thing for new believers, for them to figure out uh, how to deal with God directly and to walk with him. That doesn't mean we're abandoning you. That doesn't mean we're not nearby. But uh, definitely it means that you need to figure out what God's using you for and get to doing it. It says in verse 11, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I've heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, say, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I'm the Lord your God. What he's saying is, I'm giving you the food. You're going to know it. And he spoke from his glory, from the uh, from the glory of the cloud. He spoke to them. They heard his voice, <clears throat> likely most of them for the first time. And so now they're beginning to recognize this is God. This is how God moves. Excellent. Fabulous. That's what we need to do. He says, so it was quail. So it was that quail came up at evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, do lay, on, do lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance, as fine as frost, on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. So God provides them quail in the evening. Obviously, they're going to have to, they're going to, have to kill it and get it prepared to eat. And in the morning, there is, after the dew rises, there is a thin crust of bread. And it is the manna from heaven, and it's all over the ground. Now, it goes away real quick, and they need to get it up and get it ready so that they'll have food for the day. But it is out there, and they've never seen that before. Obviously, they've seen quail before, but they've never seen manna before. And for new Christians, you really don't know what God's words are. I find it so interesting that that. The Bibles that we read, the Bibles that we buy from from publishers, the the pages are always super thin. Have you noticed that? I think they're super thin, first of all, because if they're thick, then, you know, the Bible's going to be so thick it'd be hard to carry. There's an element of just efficiency there that's necessary when you're publishing the Bible in written form. I think that's, I think that's just kind of obvious there. But there's a couple of things that I've always drawn from this that I always thought was neat. 
First of all, I always think it's neat that thin that thin paper is very similar to the manna that was a thin layer on the ground after the dew melted away, after the dew was gone. It's a, just a thin layer of, of bread on the ground that they had to pick up and to eat. And it's very similar to the pages of the Bible. I think that's that's very neat. I've always thought that was very neat. And I think that uh, that even though I don't know that there's any plan involved or there was any correlation that was built, I always, I always think of when I think of manna from heaven, I think of the pages of the Bible because they're very thin. And in the way he said, the way the Bible describes the man on the ground, it was a thin crust. It says, and when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. It was a round, now the pages of the Bible aren't round, but it was a round, thin crust. It's almost like a wafer if you think about it, and uh, it's very similar to maybe the wafers some churches use for the Lord's Supper. Got a lot of similarities with that, the unleavened bread. But this this wafer, this small round piece of bread is very similar to the pages that the Bible are written on that we've read for hundreds of years together. And, and I find it very interesting. I also find it interesting that for me, it seems like sometimes when I've looked at the pages of the Bible, just the physical pages, it, it seemed like layers of an onion. If you ever flipped it open and flipped it, it seems like the layers of onion. And I've always thought that was important because if you take an onion and you get an onion from the store, the outside layer of the onion is very dry. And as you go deeper into the onion, the less dry it gets and the more, I guess, rich or the more potent or the more, more powerful it is, the deeper inside. And I've always thought the Bible was that way myself. I've always thought God's word was when you're young and you're a young Christian, it seems very dry because you don't really have any of the depth of the spirit teaching you. But boy, when you get deep down into God's word, it is powerful. It's strong. It, it exudes emotion and it brings about really deep change in who we are and how we do things. And as I'm studying God's word, it, it becomes more and more resonant, more and more powerful to me. And just because you don't know what it is at the start, just because you can't fathom understanding it in any depth or really getting any understanding, full understanding from it, let me tell you, uh, it's like an onion. It's just very quickly you can get to some really good stuff if you're willing to invest into it. If you're willing to actually remove the outer layers and dig in deep. And and so it is with the matter from heaven. He's not putting it in their cupboard and they're waking up and they've got they've got wafers sitting right there ready to eat. They got to go out there and get it. If you'll notice they got to go get the quail. They got to kill that kill the quail. They got to they got to pick them up. They got to capture them. And in the morning, you got to get up early, right when the dew is melting away. You got to get up and get the food because it's not something that's just going to remain forever sitting there. It is the present and powerful revelation of God for the moment that you're living in. And, and there's some lessons that God has for you to learn that are going to be learned today, and they need to be sought out today. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's a process. It's not an event. The events that that form the basis of your spiritual walk, you really have no control over. But the process in which 
you trust God and begin to walk with him is something that you join God in. And that salvific process, the sanctification process, the God's salvation of you is something that you freely choose to trust him with and to join him in. And it's a process and it's a life process. And God's going to continue to feed you that manna and give you that quail until you can feed yourself. And you just have to trust God with that. He's going to feed you until you learn how to feed yourself, but you're going to have to go out there and get it. You can't just lay there like a newborn babe and expect to be fed that milk for your whole life. You're going to have to go eat the solid food. And uh, why wouldn't you do it? It's the very best thing in life. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.